0: Well, this morning I was reflecting on the contrast between this Easter and last Easter and what a, what a change, what a difference a year can make. And I know that we're not back to normal yet, but as people receive their vaccine, so many more have, have come back out. And of course, last year during this time, we were, we were just broadcasting to an empty room and it's exciting to see the orchestra and the choir beginning to, to filter back in and, and come back together. And it's, it's, it's amazing to see uh, the difference and to be able to celebrate the resurrection together in person this year. You know, when the pandemic came along, it, it, changed, uh, it changed everything for a, for a short while. And if we think back through history, we've seen different things from empires to disease that have changed things for a season or even an entire generation. But when Jesus Christ walked out of that tomb, he changed everything for all eternity. Nothing was ever the same because of what he accomplished for us through his death on the cross and through his victory over the grave. So look around the room today. I see a group of people from different generations. Some are in the, we're in the last season of our life and, and some are just barely getting started in life and yet all of us will die. The Bible says it's appointed a man once to die. And yet because of what Christ did, he conquered death and came out of that tomb. He made it possible for us to have eternal life. Eternal life. Not to spare us from disease or disability or injury, but to make it possible for people who are spiritually dead to become spiritually alive, that one day when the Lord returns, we too might be resurrected and so today as we celebrate what Jesus accomplished for us I hope that you'll be greatly encouraged as I look around the room I see many faces that have been uh, trying to be as safe and responsible as they can be and, and home and and now that uh different things have happened cases have gone down and vaccines are out we're, we're beginning to filter back in but I also see faces that wouldn't have been here pandemic or no pandemic and I believe once we understand what it is that Christ truly accomplished for us, what He went through, and what it mean, what He made possible for us to possess, we'll have the desire to worship Him every day. By changed life, by new devotion, passion, a new mission, and focus. And so, for the next few moments, I invite you to. Reflect anew on the resurrection of our Lord. We're going to look at Luke's account of it in Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. And so I want to ask you, would you just join me in standing out of honor and reverence for God's word as we read this together? Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 1. The Bible says, but on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb. But these words seemed to them like an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves. And he went home marveling at what had happened. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that today we would leave this place marveling at what happened that first Easter Sunday as your son came out of the grave. Lord, help us to believe and help us to live in faith. I pray today for every person that's suffering and sick and discouraged and heartbroken, I pray today that they will find hope in your Son and His resurrection. For it's in Christ that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, the Bible tells us the story about how the early followers found out that Jesus had risen from the dead. And as we see this, this group of women who goes to the tomb and then goes back and, and reports to, to the disciples. And, and some believe and, and some do not believe. We look and think about their, their whole experience. I think one of the things we see right away is that the resurrection story reveals that even the Lord's most dedicated followers can be completely unaware of what God is doing. The Bible describes in verses 1 through 3 about how the, this group of very well-meaning, devoted ladies who had served the Lord, some of them traveled with the Lord, how, how they went to all this, this work to, to prepare something that, that didn't need to be prepared. The ladies prepared spices for a body They did not to be treated for burial because they didn't understand that Jesus had, had risen. You know, if you read the Gospels, it doesn't matter which one you read. If you read the Gospels, this is a theme throughout all of them. We find people not understanding Jesus. Not understanding what he's talking about. Not understanding what he's doing. Not understanding what he means. And it's not just... Unbelievers, but even Jesus' own disciples struggle to understand what he's talking about. They struggle to to believe. When Jesus began to tell the disciples that he had to go to Jerusalem, and, and he and he had to be crucified, Peter literally pulled jesus aside to straighten him out i kind of get the image in my mind of a, a politician who just goes off script for a moment and says something on his own and campaign managers pulling him aside back in the stage and says you can't say that you won't get elected stick to the script and peter peter pulls jesus aside and he says he says that's never going to happen and Jesus says to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. Peter and the other disciples struggled to understand and comprehend what Jesus was doing, even when he explained it to them. Even after the resurrection, we see in the question that they asked him before he ascended into heaven, they, they still don't fully understand. In Acts chapter 1, verse 6, it says So when they had come together, and this is, this is after Jesus has risen from the dead and has been with them and taught them in, in his resurrection body, and he's about to ascend into heaven, and it says, They asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? The Jews were were looking for a Messiah who would be a great warrior like David. They were looking for a Messiah who would be a great builder like Solomon. They were looking for someone to free them from the oppression of the Romans and restore the glory to the nation of Israel that it once had. They didn't understand that Jesus did not come to deal with what was simply a minor thorn in their side. He came to meet their greatest need. He came to solve a problem they didn't even understand that they had. And the kingdom that he came to establish was not one that had geographical boundaries or was enforced by military, but the kingdom that he came to establish transcended all those things it was a kingdom of people who would come and voluntarily from their heart choose to worship and to serve and so even after his ascension they said lord are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to israel the ladies came to the tomb that day the bible says but on the first day of the week that's a Sunday, on the first day of the week, at early dawn. They, they came at the first part of, of the day. They went to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Jesus. I believe with all my heart that God, having inspired the Bible through the Holy Spirit, was careful about the details. When we read a a passage of scripture, I think we need to be careful to pay attention to what's actually said and what's actually there. There's no extra fluff padding the gospel stories. And so when the Bible tells us over and over again, it gives us multiple examples of of Jesus' followers not understanding, not comprehending, and acting on their own misunderstanding. I think there's there's a lesson in there for us. I wonder... How many times do we do things that do not need to be done or even shouldn't be done because we do not understand what God is doing? As Jesus was giving his final talk to the disciples just before his crucifixion, last few weeks we've been walking through it verse by verse. As Jesus was giving that that final talk, some some people call it the farewell discourse. He was having one last discussion with his disciples. Here's what he told them. John 16, 2, he said, They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. Jesus said that there were going to be people who would kill the disciples, persecute them unto death, and in doing so, think that they were offering service to God. It's possible to be very sincere and yet be sincerely wrong. And so as we reflect on the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, We need to think about, what does it really mean? What does it really mean and what is an appropriate response from me? I think about so many things that that I see people clearly misunderstanding that leads them to do many things that, that should not be done. For example, many people today are working to save themselves because they do not understand that salvation is a gift from God. Time and time again as I've asked people the question, what do you think it takes to get into heaven? It's amazing that I hear the the same answer in slightly different words, over- and over again. Most people will say something like this. They say, we have to be a good person. I say, are you, are you a good person? I say, I hope so, I'm trying. I'm really, a, I really hope I can do more good than, than bad. And they carry a burden. They carry a weight, they carry a worry that they don't need to carry. Like the women who prepared spices for a body that had already risen from the dead. They invest themselves in trying to accomplish something that's already been accomplished for them. You see, the Bible says about salvation in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works so that no one may boast. You see, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he paid a penalty that he did not owe. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, and yet Jesus had not sinned in any way. He never earned those wages. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, it was your sin and my sin that he paid for. When Jesus Christ rose from that dead, it was our resurrection that he made possible. And so today we have hope, not because of what we can do for ourselves, but because of what Christ has done for us. Well, the Bible tells us over and over again that Jesus announced in advance what must happen. And so the Bible says in verses 4, as the ladies encountered these two angels, it says, while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, The men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? You know, as we read encounters with angels throughout scripture, when someone encounters an angel and they're aware of it, now the Bible says sometimes angels appear in just human form and we're entertained angels unaware. But when people encounter an angel that's not revealed their glory or concealed their glory, we find that people are always afraid. It must be an awesome sight to encounter an angel. And almost always when someone encounters an angel, the first thing the angel says is, fear not, fear not. But on that day, as the ladies were in the tomb, spices in hand, ready to anoint the body of Jesus and try to care for it, The angels and they appeared to them they they didn't say fear not instead they they chastised them they said why are you looking for the living among the dead so we think about religions in the world today where's where's buddha he's he's dead where's muhammad he's He's dead, but Jesus the Bible tells us is at the right hand of the power of God interceding for us. And one day he's gonna return and when he does, the Bible says the dead in Christ are going to be raised. Maybe to you that sounds like an idle tale We'll talk more about that in a moment as we look at the disciples and their response. But this is what the Bible teaches us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 17. It says, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. When Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, the Bible says in Romans chapter 1 that the Holy Spirit... Demonstrated that Jesus was the Son of God when he raised them from the dead. When we ask the question, how do we know that what Jesus said is true? Well, when you see somebody crucified and tortured to death, and then you take their body and put it in a tomb, and three days later they come out and meet with you and begin to teach you, you, you pretty much just accept what they say, don't you? It's the resurrection that validates the claims of Jesus. When Paul tells us in Corinthians that if Christ is not raised, our faith is in vain, it doesn't mean that the resurrection is what paid for our sins. It means that we know that Jesus paid for our sins because he demonstrated by coming out of the grave, doing what no one else has ever been able to do, that he truly was the Son of God at hospitals, all across America. On a regular basis, we resuscitate people. But the sad thing about being resuscitated, (laughs) you have to die again. Have you ever thought about that? Jesus spoke to Lazarus, and Lazarus came out of the tomb. I've been to a lot of preaching conferences and I've been to the Southern Baptist Convention multiple years in a row and I've never met Lazarus. You know why he had to to die again. There's a difference between being resuscitated and being resurrected. And when Jesus came out of the grave, he was resurrected. And the Bible says that one day we're going to be resurrected and we'll have a glorious body like his. Our hope is established because of what he did for us. You see, the Bible tells us to fulfill God's plan for our redemption, Jesus had to go to the cross. Listen to what the angels said to the women. He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man, and here's the key word, must be delivered into the hands of of sinful men. Not that the Son of Man would be delivered. When Jesus said that he was going to the cross, he wasn't simply revealing the future, what would happen. He was explaining what what must happen. If Jesus had not went to the cross and paid the penalty for our sins, it would not be possible for you and I to be forgiven. It would not be possible for us to inherit eternal life. It would not be possible for us to have hope beyond the grave and so the angels reminded the women of what Jesus taught them must happen he said that the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise Jesus went to the cross willingly so that you could have the hope of forgiveness the women heard this and by their response it's very clear that they believed do you know that's that's what reveals our heart it's not our words it's our actions it's one thing to say you believe it's another to live as though you believe and we know these women believe because they went and they told the disciples. Remember, they had not seen the resurrected Lord. They just saw an empty tomb and heard from from two angels. But it was enough that they believed. And so they went and they told. You know, the resurrection offers new life to everyone Everyone who will believe. And so it says in verse 8, and they, they remembered his, his words. Throughout scripture, in the gospels in particular, it talks about remembering. Jesus told the disciples things so that they would remember them later and then believe. Having remembered that Jesus explained and announced beforehand, even though they didn't fully understand it in that moment, Later, looking back and remembering what Jesus said would embolden their faith. And then, of course, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit brought to memory the disciples as they wrote the Scripture. They remembered his words and return, returning from the tomb. They told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. And then the Bible specifically names some of these women it says now it was mary magdalene and joanna and mary the mother of james and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles these ladies represent for us today those who hear and believe and respond in faith. For whatever reason, most of the disciples were slow to believe. And so the Bible says in verse 11, but these words seemed like an idle tale and they did not believe them. I think to much of the world today these words seem like an idle tale and they do not believe. And yet the disciples who responded initially in disbelief, all but John would go on to give their life, proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And then, then there's Peter. Notice what the Bible says about Peter. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. There are 11 disciples left at this point, Judas having betrayed Jesus. And so the ladies who the Lord names by name... I love that the Lord knows her name, don't you? In churches all across America, in some churches in Atlanta today, there are thousands of people that are gathered, and the pastor doesn't know their name, but the Lord does. The Lord names these ladies. They go and they tell the 11 and the others, and out of the 11, 10 do not believe. And yet the Bible says, but Peter rose and ran to the tomb." Could, could, could we just reflect for a moment on where Peter was? It's Sunday morning. On Friday morning, early before dark, Peter stood outside the trial of Jesus and three times denied knowing him. Jesus, from where he was, could see Peter and looked over and made eye contact with Peter. And the Bible says that he ran out and he wept bitterly. We read the gospel account of the crucifixion and as far as we can tell, John is the only one that is there. The others are scattered and hiding, afraid. Peter, perhaps, buried in shame. As we think about Peter he was the most outspoken and the boldest of all the disciples. It was so out of character for him to deny the Lord Jesus. But yet in that moment of failure and fear, he denied even knowing him. Yet on Sunday, When he heard the story about the resurrection of Jesus, he was the first to respond and the first to believe. The Bible says that Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves and he went home marveling at what had happened. Another gospel tells us that John was there as well. And I think about Peter who had such a catastrophic failure on Friday and yet responded in faith and belief on Sunday. It reminds me that the Christian faith is not about where you have been, it's about where you are today. It's not about where you came from, but it's about where you're going. Maybe you're here today and you've never even believed before. If that's the case with you, I hope today God will give you faith. I hope today God will speak to you and draw you to himself. The Bible says that after Peter saw, he went home marveling at what had happened. As Jesus Christ, died on the cross, he, he paid for our sin. When he rose from the dead, he made it possible for us to have eternal life. But you see, you and I have to make the decision whether we believe that or not. Had the disciples continued in their disbelief, they would have never have benefited from the death and resurrection of Jesus. But yet they responded in faith. They responded in faith. I was speaking to a preacher yesterday. His wife said, if anyone had known what we were like when we were younger, they would have never believed that he would one day be a preacher. And this great preacher said, isn't it funny how God seems to often work that way? he calls some of the most unlikely people to serve him. As I think about today, as people will be present in both services, and people listening that, that don't normally listen and don't normally attend. I learned a long time ago that I'm, I'm not very good at judging who's gonna be saved who's gonna serve and to what extent. I also learned that that no one, no one is beyond hope and no one is unusable. And so today I wanna invite you to receive the gift that God has made possible. Maybe you're like those ladies who went to all that effort to prepare something that didn't need to be prepared for You've been trying to save yourself by by doing better and by being better. I want you to understand that's completely unnecessary. God does wanna call you to a new way of life, but that new life is empowered by the Holy Spirit and lived out of gratitude to God. It's not work given in exchange for our salvation. You don't have to earn your salvation Because of what Jesus did on the cross for you, today if you were to believe and ask for forgiveness, God is willing to forgive everything you've ever done and everything you ever will do. This is not my word. The Bible calls it a gift. A gift. And all you have to do is receive it by faith. So in just a moment, we're going to sing a song. And the reason that we're going to sing is to give you time and opportunity to make a decision. If there's never been a time in your life that you've prayed and asked God for forgiveness, when we begin to sing, would you just speak to God? You see, Jesus has already done everything for you. You don't have to do anything but simply believe and receive what he's offering. And today, if you just offered a simple prayer to God from sincerity from your heart, just told him that you believe and that you want to be forgiven. Tell him that you, you want to stop trying to earn your salvation and you want to just simply live for him. Just in your own words, if you were to express that to God, that one decision would change your life for all eternity. Maybe you're here today and you knew that Jesus rose from the dead. You've heard this story. Maybe you've heard it for 50 years now. But it's never really grabbed you. What it made possible for your life. You've never really devoted your life to live for Christ and service to Him. If that's you today, I want to invite you to just speak to God. Say, God, help me to live for you. Help me to be devoted. Help me to be faithful. Help me not to waste my life on things that don't matter. So today, As we sing, I invite you to make your decision. If you need help, that's why I'll be standing at the front. If you'll step out from wherever you are and walk up to me, I'd be glad to pray with you. Let's pray together. Father, we're here today because your son gave us hope. Lord, help us to believe. Help us to put our faith and trust in Him. And Lord, I pray for any person that's present, any person that's watching or listening that has never been saved. God, I pray today that you would draw them unto yourself. Lord, help us as believers to live a faithful life that you might use us for your honor and for your glory. For it's in Christ that we pray. Amen.